This is the Better Pastor Podcast, where we focus on the skills you need to pastor better. Seminary didn't prepare us for everything, so let's keep learning and growing together. Today I am joined by Clegert Mitchell, Senior Pastor of South County Bible Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and a good friend of mine. Today we talk about the very important aspect of pastoral ministry, hospital visits. All right, Clegert, what is a hospital visit? This might seem kind of obvious, but it's always good to start with definition. Uh, so, so what is a hospital visit and why is it an important aspect of pastoral ministry? Sure. You know, uh, sickness, disease, injury, death, that's just a part of the fallen world we live in. Uh, and and people get sick, people get hurt, uh, they do eventually die. And so a hospital visit from a pastor is is essentially just showing up when people have some kind of a need uh, that they didn't expect, uh, especially as it relates to their health and, and those things. It, it's kind of just a ministry of presence, uh, but it's an important presence because it's an opportunity to, to show up when they're in need or in, their, in some crisis. You get to speak the truth in love. You get to minister grace, offer them encouragement uh, just as a part of the body of Christ. Um, for a pastor that, I mean, the hospital visit is, is an opportunity to come alongside people who are, uh, general, gen, gen, generally, excuse me, um, kind of in a vulnerable place. They, they might be even fearful, uh, not just the person who's ill, but their family members around them. Um, and so this is a hospital visit is just about, you know, being a faithful shepherd, uh, in a difficult situation, and that starts with showing up. You can't you can't really do that at a distance. So, hmm. well, as we think about what Scripture has to say, what does the Bible give us in terms of pastors caring for those who are sick in some way, who are injured, sick, whatever it may be? Uh, what does the Bible have to say? Uh, sure, you know the first the first scripture that comes to my mind is is actually um, Jesus describing how that's a primary way of showing love to him. Uh, certainly he was talking about Israel and and that, so I'm not, I don't want to take verses out of proper context, but they, they can certainly be helpful. Like Jesus said in Matthew 25, 36, I was sick and you visited me. He goes on later, the text goes on later to say, uh, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Again, he's speaking of uh, Israel and, and their things primary to that. But we can we see something of of a primary way to show him love. We know from uh, Jesus' little brother James in James 5, um, it says in verse 14, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Just a couple of verses later, uh, all believers are encouraged to pray in a, a similar way. Um, we know uh, what else Jesus Jesus uh, set an example for us by visiting Simon's mother-in-law when she was when she was sick. Um, we know 
uh, in the book of Acts, I think chapter three, and, and then later uh, chapter 28, the apostles showed care and concern for the sick by, by just showing up. And they, I mean, they did other things in those places, but um, probably the two, the two that really stand out to me uh, scripture wise would be um, Paul addressing the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, uh, instructing them to pay a careful attention to themselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. Um, a primary way in which we care is by being there when when our, our members, when the people in our church are, are hurting. The other one that, that is important to me anyway is is uh, 1 Peter uh, 5, where it talks about uh, exhorting the elders mm. as a fellow elder, you know, according to the sufferings of Christ, um, to shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not, not under compulsion, but willingly, um, as God would have you. You don't, we don't do what we do uh, for filthy gain or shameful gain. We don't do it in order to domineer or lord over people. Uh, we do it as an example to the flock. Um, we, we care for them. And when you know they have a need, um, that's how you care. You show up and you minister to them. Um, you might not be able to do uh, the same things the apostles did, uh, not may not. You, you can't do the same things the apostles did. Um, but what God does call us to now is care and concern, compassion, prayer, sharing the scriptures, and so on. Well, as we think of all those principles, which, as you just outlined it there, the the Bible, particularly the New Testament, has a lot to say about us caring for the sick. But as we start thinking, uh, moving from principle to application, what are the factors that a pastor needs to consider when he's approaching an opportunity for a hospital visit? Sure. That's such a great, great question. Something Because we do need to give a little bit of forethought to what we're seeking to engage in. Um, you know, first thing that comes to my mind is we need to understand that sick people are uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable because of their circumstances. They may be uncomfortable just because of their what the health uh, issues are. Uh, they may be dealing with intense pain. Uh, they may be unconscious. Uh, there may be other people and distractions uh, that are there. Uh, th those are actually some of the first things that come to my mind um, because we need to we need to be prepared for whatever the situation may be. Um, and there's no you don't get a card in advance that tells you what the situation is going to be. Um, certainly you're, you're, you're going to be in a situation where there are, um, you're either, you know, is the person you're trying to minister, are they a believer? Are they, are they not a believer? Um, what's your approach going to be? You don't want to share scriptures with someone, uh, to encourage them as though they are already a believer if they're not, um, in an inappropriate way. Uh, and if they are not a believer, they might be facing end of life things. So you might be uh, the ambassador being brought in to to try and share the, the gospel with them. Um, I've also run into situations where, uh, and, and more and more today, um, people either really want you there or they really don't want you there. Mm -hmm. And so you have to you have to be able to navigate that. That all by itself is an interesting thing because I have people say, no, 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 I don't want you to come. 
only to find out on the other side that I'm in trouble because I didn't show up. Mm. And they never remember that part about telling you not to come. <laughs> um, but those are things to think about. Uh, do you, do you uh, just say, no, I'm the, I'm the pastor. I'm, I'm coming whether you want me there or not. Um, there are times when it, that's not wise. And, and you're only going to be able to discern that if you give a little thought ahead of time. Um, other things that, that you got to give some thought to are, are how much time are you going to use or give? Um, do you have time? Uh, you don't want to be there too long. You don't want to be there too short. Um, and, and what kinds of things are you going to say? What, what are you going to do while you're there? Um, like earlier before I said, you know, this is kind of a ministry of presence. There are times when just your presence is really important. There are other times where your presence, I mean, you're the nuisance. Um, so sort of thinking through those things ahead of time is really, I think those things are really important. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, um, let's really get into application now and maybe start with a story from your own ministry. Do you have any any interesting hospital visits <laughs> stories there, Clegg? I'm sure you do. All pastors do, but any that you would want to share now, I suppose. Yeah, we, we. I can probably talk all afternoon about that or all day about about stories and, and things. Uh, there are so many really, really significant um, events that happen just because of a few minutes in a hospital visit. Um, I, you know, one 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 in particular. The very first one stands out to me uh, because the elders of the church said I, I, was past, I, was, I was preaching for them. They were without a pastor. I, I did eventually become their pastor, but I was just doing interim stuff. And they said, hey, we've got this older couple in the hospital. Would you go see them? I did. Um, the gentleman was, was uh, sick. He was just, he was just really old. Um, and, and they were just feeling alone because family wasn't necessarily close by. But the part that I remembered was to start with was every after after that very first visit, this uh, older lady who became known to my children as Grandma Dodd, uh, mm -hmm. she she would tell everybody the first time I met our pastor, he came to see us in the hospital. I couldn't believe the elders sent me this kid. <laughs> I mean, I was I was as green as they could be, and I was nervous. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? An older pastor said, "Look, just just." Pick a pick a scripture ahead of time that can be an encouragement. Share it with them, pray for them, and leave. And that's kind of what I did, and we became really good friends. At the end of of his life, uh, I had the privilege of being there with him. Uh, in fact, we knew his time was short, and uh, his wife said, "Pastor, would you just read one of his favorite scriptures?" So I did. I read through the end of Romans eight. And as I was reading, we've concluded the passage: "Nothing can separate us from the love of God." in Christ Jesus. And I looked up from my Bible and the nurse was standing there with eyes wide open. And I said, are you okay? And she said, I've never seen anything like that. Hmm. Right as you were reading that last part, he took his last breath and it was so peaceful. I mean, he, he went home with the Lord right as I was sharing with him and his, his wife, um, a, a powerful passage of scripture that was so, so precious. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you one other one other real quick story. Uh, I was I was going to visit a, another man in the hospital, praying all the way there. Lord, I know this guy needs to know you. Um, he's been exposed to church stuff all of his life. His wife and kids 
went to church even without him, except he would come on holidays. I got to the hospital. He was in severe pain. He had cancer in his neck. Every movement was was hard, and uh, he would grimace. And I got there to find out he's in a shared room with another patient. Some of their families there. Nurses are in and out. Wife is there. I didn't get the private moment I prayed for. And at one point, he he said, "Excuse me, I, I I I'm sorry, but I need to go use the restroom." So he went. And the whole time he was in the bathroom, I'm thinking to myself, "I don't want to, Lord. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk. Everybody's going to be listening. I'm just going to come back next time. I'll talk to him next time." Mm. He came out of the restroom and sat down, and I had such a an overwhelming conviction in my heart that I I cannot wait. That I I just I just launched into. A, I said I I don't have but a few minutes, and there's something really important I got to talk to you about. Um, I said Wayne, you you've been exposed to church, you 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 know church uh, and all that, but I I have to ask you if you if you died today do you know where you will spend eternity? And he immediately began to weep. The whole room went quiet, even on the other side of the curtain with the other patient and, and their family. And, and he said, I don't know where I would go. And I just shared the gospel with him. And through tears of eagerness, he trusted Christ. Mm. And uh, it was, and it, it left a mark on me that I will never forget. You can't, you can't pass the opportunities when they're there because you don't know when you're going to get them again. Um, and he, he ended up having a little more time with us than we expected. Uh, he came even in all of his pain. He, he wanted to get baptized and uh, which he was in pain the entire time. I mean, he couldn't, you couldn't hug him because he would be in pain so severely, uh, but he, he wanted to be baptized. He became a member of the church and within a few weeks, he was our strongest prayer warrior, greatest testimony. And it was just, and it all linked to that, that hospital visit. Those, wow. are, those are a couple of my most uh, significant memories. That's awesome. Experiences. I, obviously, unforgettable memories happen in hospitals, both just joy and peace-filled memories, also tragic memories. We all have them to an extent. And, um, I think maybe with yeah. those stories, you just motivated uh, pastors to maybe make hospital visits themselves. I hope you did, um, because God uses Me those too. times. So as maybe a pastor is hearing this and thinking, wow, God God is involved in this. I need to be involved in this. How can I get started? Uh, how would you direct a pastor initially when it comes to beginning this ministry really as a consistent part of his pastoral ministry? Sure. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation uh, both with younger pastors and with, with uh, seasoned men um, who, for whatever reason, don't favor going to the hospital and, and they have what they've convinced themselves of are legitimate reasons. I, I don't, I don't try to argue too much, but um, for some of those younger guys, I would say, if that's where you're at, don't be afraid. Uh, you are an under shepherd to the great shepherd providing care for his sheep, which means you are interacting with a son or daughter of the king and you are supposed to be there. Um, but, you know, even processing that, I would I encourage guys, be God confident and humble. Um, this is what God wants you to do. And, and your confidence needs to be there with him 
and with his will and his purposes, and then just be humble in it. Um, maybe you need to ask God to help you get over you, uh, because this isn't about you. Ultimately, it's not even really about the person in the hospital. It's about the gospel. It's about God's glory, um, for which you will, by the way, give an account <laughs> mm. before the Lord. Um Pastors like to refer to Hebrews 13, 17 and tell their people to be in submission to the pastor, but they they forget the second part of the verse uh, about us giving an answer to God for what we did uh, with our ministry. So um, do some hard evaluation, do some do some preparation, um, get get your mind and your thoughts in order and um, and and then just do it. Yeah. And and. If you're fearful, I just say, get over yourself and do it. Um, you're going to be more blessed than you can imagine. And you're going to be a blessing more than you can imagine. And um, there really isn't a class you can take for this. Hmm. Um, if you really are afraid or you really are struggling with it, then just call a pastor you know who does it and ask if you can go with him. Then listen and learn. Watch and learn. It's it's not as as bad as as you might be tempted to think. Well, the uh, one of the most basic elements of all this that we haven't talked about is knowing where the hospitals are. <laughs> I uh, in, yes. in which one the patient is at. I uh, had a situation yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago where one of uh, the men in our church was going in for an elective surgery, and anytime someone's at a hospital, I just want to be there with them if I can, just to pray, even if it's something right. simple, you know. Um, Yep. And I get there and uh, call him on the phone and say, okay, I'm here. You know, wh wh where are you? And he tells me and they hadn't left their car yet. And I said, oh, I'll just meet you at your car. And uh, I, I said, what part of the parking lot? And he starts describing it and it looks nothing like the parking lot I'm in. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and I said, this hospital, right? And he said, no, I, I was in the wrong, I was even in the wrong city. And uh, I said, oh, well, uh, you know, the, the Lord lets us pray over the phone. Let's pray over the phone. How about that? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, tied to that, though, is also the idea of how hospitals work. And there are a lot of people who just don't have a lot of personal experience with hospitals, and they don't know what to do when they walk through the front door. You know, you, you walk in those right. big swishy glass doors, and now what? How, how, how do you know where you have access to? So how do you coach a, a pastor trying to just navigate how to navigate hospitals. Yeah, uh, that actually does start in the parking lot uh, because, I mean, okay, so it starts in your office where you do uh, find out what which one is the right one um, <laughs> from the family uh, or, or whoever's close to them that can let you know. Um, but you get to the hospital and it, that starts in the parking lot because most hospitals have clergy parking, um, What but what you don't realize is they also police it and so um, if you, if you uh, want to use clergy parking, it is best to go on a day when you're not calling on someone, go to the front desk and ask where the security office is mm. and go introduce yourself. Um, I found some hospitals actually will give you a card to put in your window when you're in their parking lot. Um, and I mean, that's painless. It just takes a little bit of time. Um, and honestly, for me, uh, I don't use the clergy parking because I can always use a few extra steps on my step counter <laughs> and I don't mind parking a little bit farther away. Um, 
but if you're going to use clergy parking, you, you do need to navigate that as well. Um, but yeah, when you go in and right now, different hospitals and, and clinics, uh, a lot of them are still requiring visitors to wear masks and use hand sanitizer. And don't be afraid of that stuff. It, it, it isn't, it isn't, that's not where you fight political fights. Um, just do what the hospital wants you to do that way. Um, they usually provide that stuff if they're requiring it. And you just go up to the, go in through the main doors and go to the welcome desk, uh, tell them who you are and who you're there to see. And uh, generally they'll give you a piece of paper or they'll direct you to the right elevator so you can get to the next nurse's station and, and that. I do always make it a practice to uh, use some hand sanitizer on the way in and on the way out. Um, right now, protocols regarding masks and that are, are kind of different too. And so there are places where um, if I'm with the family and, and they're not, if they're not all wearing the mask, I'll ask them if they would like me to keep it on. If they don't, I'll, if they don't care, I won't, I, I don't leave it on. Um, but I do wear it in the hallways and such for the hospital's sake. They, they, they want you to. Um, that's a really great question. I'm glad you, glad you asked that. When you finally get to the room and you're with the patient, you're there to see, um, just a couple of questions, basic items you want to address while you're there. I mean, obviously you're, you're talking spiritual things at some point, it can kind of be hard to get to that, of course, uh, depending on the situation, but, uh, basic items you want to address. And then how much time is too much time in a hospital visit? Well, you know, <clears throat> I think it was Alistair Begg that says it's always better to leave people feeling like your visit was too short than too long. Mm. <clears throat> so I, I just encourage guarding the clock. That That's, that's kind of big. Um, but you don't you don't want to rush. Um, you just you just want to be guarding that way. I, I don't believe there is a number that I can put on it. There have been times when um, you know somebody is undergoing a surgery where they're the percentage of them surviving the surgery is relatively low. So I will get there ahead of time to pray with them and the family and do anything they would like me to do by way of of just trying to be a blessing and an encouragement, reading scripture and so on. And then I'll stay. I'll stay with the family um, and and just let the conversation happen naturally um, until they get word that things are okay or not. Um, because then you're, you're, that, that time can be relationship building. It can, it can be uh, confidence building for the family. Um, and then either way, if things go well, you rejoice with them, those who are rejoicing, or you weep with those who weep. Um, and then it's, it's not always about words, but if it is appropriate, if, if someone passes, uh, in surgery or whatever, then it, it, that's a really good time if they're a believer to share, uh, something like first Thessalonians about those who sleep in Jesus and, and the hope that we have. Um, and if it's not, then emphasizing the hope that's available in Christ is really important. Mm. Um, but you know, kind of a a, a, pra a practical side of of it, I would say, um, a couple of things that are things we don't think about, like like first of all, check your breath. <laughs> mm. um, don't don't go straight from lunch with with uh, onions and peppers and whatever. Uh, make sure that you can do something or or be prepared to kind of cover yourself that way, because that can be very off putting. Um, the other thing that I, I've, I've 
thought about in it is, you know, don't, don't come dressed like the Pope or a dope. Um, <laughs> just, just, uh, just, just, yes, be, be comfortable. Um, but, but don't, don't be extreme either way. Um, well, there, there is another uh, episode coming out sometime in the future here on the pastor's attire. So we'll, we'll get to that at some point. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, you know, you practically speaking, especially if you're being guarded about your time and some of those, uh, some of that, the, the two most important things that you can do or you have access to doing in the hospital visit setting um, is reading scripture. Um, even if they're unconscious, uh, even even if if you don't know whether they're hearing uh, what you're saying, it may very well be that the Lord has you there with that opportunity to read things that are also going to be a blessing or an encouragement to those who are in the room. And it will always do that. God's word will not return void. Um, so so that that is that is crucial. And I would even say that's something to prepare for ahead of time. Um, the other piece is prayer. Um, you know, it's okay to ask the patient how they'd like you to pray uh, or specific things they'd like prayer for. Um, it, it's good to pray for the one who's sick. It's good to pray for their caregivers, uh, even even for their immediate family that's with them. Um, it's not okay to pray for the planet. Uh, it's not okay to pray for your whole church list. Um the, the, this is a, a time to be very, very focused on what is in front of you, uh, because you are interceding on their, on this person's behalf, um, which, you know, it's always appropriate to, to share and pray the gospel in all of this. I mean, that is our hope in life and death. And, uh, one time I, I was there visiting someone. I, I, didn't know if they were a believer. I, I had no reason to believe the family around them were all believers. They knew who I was. They asked me to come and to say a blessing. And so, um, you know, that opportunity, I, I really was kind of, okay, this is different. What am I going to do? And it didn't really lend itself for me to drag in a 1611 King James and preach. <laughs> so I, I was, I tried to be, um, kind and gracious. And then when I prayed, I, you know, I prayed about how life is fragile and God is righteous and holy and our creator and, um, you know, how we, we are the ones who are rebellious and how God is rich in mercy and providing the only way of escape through his son, you know, just, just incorporating the element, the basic elements of the gospel into a prayer that that's totally acceptable. Um, and and how he's the one that offers hope-filled, you know, the gracious gift of salvation to all who believe and and whatever. And and it's it's really incredible how God can even use that, um, to to minister to people's hearts. So, um, I this might seem like an obvious question, but do you make it a practice to just be always ready to make a hospital visit? Because obviously, sometimes hospital visits can be totally surprising. Uh, but do, do you keep mm-hmm. your phone, you know, through the night, your, your phone to where you can hear it. So something happens at three in the morning, you're able to jump out of bed and go. Is that how you approach that? Or, or what, what do you do? 
you know that that's something that that you have to each each man has to kind of navigate that with his with his conscience before the Lord. Um, historically, yes, I have done that. In more recent times, I'm I don't necessarily do it because it kind of depends on your phone. Um, you can the way I mine works is it is on silent at night, but. Um, it is possible for other people on the other side to try to send a message or try to make a call and they're notified, Hey, this is on, do not disturb. And they have the option of saying, disturb them anyway. Mm. Um, you, you can, there are settings, at least in, in the phone that I have, uh, which is an iPhone, there are settings that you can adjust to do that. So it, for me, it's not as simple as, are you available or not? I want to be available if it's truly crucial. I don't want to call at 3 a.m. that somebody's cat died. Um, <laughs> I, I understand pets are important, but that can wait till breakfast. Mm. Um, you know, so or even after uh, breakfast, or even after breakfast. But <laughs> actually, that that does actually bring up maybe another another little thread there, um, because I'm also working with our elders um, to be involved in the same type of ministry. Um, I know most churches, the pastor is the main guy and the pastor's shepherding heart wants to be there for everything. That's great. Um, but we should also be working with our elders and training them in that ministry of shepherding. That's right. So that some of those lower level issues can be handled by an elder. Um, and the more critical ones that may require more time can be handled by the pastor. Um, but you also got to, you, you have to help your people understand that as well. Cause if, if I've had my own experiences where, um, an elder, uh, who happened to be really close to a couple said, I no, no, they're, they're going to be there at 3 AM. We're going to be there with them. We've known them for our whole lives. You come after the surgery. And I said, okay, I, I will honor that. And I came after the surgery. And then some of the extended family of the person who went under surgery was unhappy because they said I didn't do my job. Mm. <laughs> So, you know, working through that is, is, is something you can give a little thought to ahead of time too. Well, as we close out this conversation, are there any other habits or uh, just things to keep in mind that is good for pastors when it comes to effective hospital visits? Uh, sure. You know, um, to your last question, the, the flexibility issue, yeah, you should always be ready. I think you should always try to be ready, which... Um, for me, some of the things I've done to kind of prepare to be ready on the on a on a last minute call. Um, again, I utilize tools within my phone. I, I use my my the Notes app, and I've created lists of Bible verses where the actual text of the verse is listed, and I have headings in those notes. You know, verses on hope, verses on peace, uh, verses for the grieving. Um, it's just, it just, it, it, I might not be where my Bible is. And yes, it is okay to use technology to our advantage. Um, and so I, I've, I've done those kind of things um, to, to just practically be ready. So I, I keep that list of Bible passages on my phone and it's just always there. Um, I try to, um, um, I, I've mentioned before about, you know, you don't know what the situation is going to be. Um, I would also say, keep in mind, you're not a doctor, so don't act like one. Mm. Um, you can ask thoughtful questions without prying. Um, 
you know, you, when you are there as a pastor, um, there may be a times where people are asking you questions and some diversions by telling stories. My wife and I have eight kids. I always have stories I can tell to make people laugh. And there are times when it's appropriate to share some of those things. Um, but your story is not the most important. So if the doctor shows up and interrupts, let it go. <laughs> um, because it's all about the person that's that's uh, laying there in the bed or dealing with their circumstances. Um, th- those are things that I think are are important to think about ahead of time. And and uh, and then yeah, just just be kind and courteous and gracious and and let the Lord lead. Um, those are those are the thoughts I have. Good stuff. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. And I know this is going to help a lot of guys. So thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. Praise the Lord.